Hello and welcome to the 53rd episode of the Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they started making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focused on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Dungeons of Eldorn by Team 21. Danny and John, who are you both, and what do you do? Well, uh, who starts, me or John? Either way, don't mind. Danny, Take the lead, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm... Uh... Daniel Nesmar, and uh, I am a producer and level designer of uh, this game, Dungeons of Aledorn, which is uh, old-school, hardcore CRPG. Uh, let's say we've been inspired by really old classics, yeah. which is, for example, Betrayal of Crondor or Might and Magic. Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to put in the uh, computer environment really, really good uh, rules of the AD&D and GURPS. So that's how we actually get this idea to yeah. make actually we, our game. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Aladorn in the second half of the show in detail, but I want to find out about you two. So, okay. John, who, what, do you, what are you doing on, on this project? What do you do for a living? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm John Ziha. Um, I'm actually a doctor of medicine, uh, but in my free time, I'm an indie developer. Uh, I work on uh, as a marketing and uh, design assistant on Dungeons of Aledor. Okay. And yet, that's that's about me. Cool. So we know who you are now. Welcome. Um, <laughs> how did you two start making games? Was it, you know, did you have an old 8-bit or 16-bit machine from old days and plugged around on assembly for a bit? How, how did you make your start doing this? Because you already said one of you is a, a doctor, so that's extraordinary. Uh, and yet you also make games on the side. That is that is an interesting uh, <laughs> juggling thing because both are quite intense experiences or, or you know, require a lot of brain power. Mostly time, I must say. Yes, mostly time. So, so Danny, John, either way you can start, just to sort of volunteer. Where, how did you make your start in this uh, industry that is video games? Well, I'm quite interested about this question about John as well. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's ask you first then. Yeah, go for it, John. Well, um, so... I started as every normal teenage boy playing uh, Dungeons of Dragons and such games, so so many PC games. Uh, and then I went to medical school, and about in uh, in a two quarter, uh, third quarter of the studies, I found out that uh, medicine is uh, a very interesting thing to do, but uh, not so fun at all. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, I believe, during uh, the obstetrics uh, lessons when I thought to me, well, I haven't played a really good game for a long time. Well, maybe I should make one. And then I then I read some uh, ma- uh, article on internet about the... Uh, those four guys, the developers of uh, original um, uh, Shadows of On, uh, Baldur's Gate. 
that I've read that they were uh, originally also doctors of medicine. And then I said, okay, if they managed it, then I'll manage it too. So I just uh, went to the internet, found out uh, what, what I need to do. So I start uh, learning C++, then C Sharp. Uh, I've learned uh, some basics of Maya uh, 2013. It's a graphic editor and Unity 3D. Everything uh, self-learning. And well, then I stumbled upon Dungeons of Adorn. And here I am. Fantastic. So it's your debut title then. That's awesome. And I've got to sort of off my cap to you to say that, you know, I don't know about you, but with, there's this feeling that um, games coding is, a, is, is something that um, used to be the preserve of um, polymaths, people who really understood um, coding and or very abstract old concepts because it was assembly. It was pure just um, address, um, changing address um, states in mm. memory. Um, because you know now, definitely more than ever before, that computers, even the most expensive and complex ones, still ultimately are a series of switches. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and what That's you're true. doing is changing the states of various switches. <laughs> now, and when you do that, you do it in a really complex way, and you do a whole string of it, and various things happen. And that's what really programming is. Ultimately, when it gets down to it, I think, believe, uh, it's about. And they used to do that back in the old days. But nowadays, the barrier of entry has dropped significantly. Would you vouch for that to be true? Um, well, <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying is that, you know, yes, there is a barrier of entry. But you've learned C++ and C Sharp, which is two, yeah. um, two sides of the same coin. I know C Sharp yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, almost the same. Yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah but C Sharp's the, you know, Microsoft and stuff. But it does work very, very well with Unity. Um, yeah. So they're, they're actually tied together. So that's how, how, I mean, how long did that take you to learn those? <laughs> okay, you, uh, you can't. You can't ever master it. Oh no, no, no! But you, to you, under- you learn you, 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 yeah. to understand the basics. You mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I. Well, how long did it take? Of, you? Hundreds of hours. Yeah. So <laughs> a good two or three years. Uh, two years, probably just. Uh, I studied a lot during my obstetrics lessons, and I de- then I had a little bit problem to pass my exam. But and I hope <laughs> and I and, and I hope that uh, no one comes in future uh, to my uh, doorstep and tells me that his wife is just uh, giving a birth, because then I will have to tell him. Well, uh, I can program some <laughs> for her, but I, I can't help you with that. Is she doing it via C Sharp? What? <laughs> well, then I could help, but right now I was only half paying attention. What? <laughs> do you want me to, you know, to get you stuck off? Maybe that might be a good idea. Um, sorry, that's very rude of me, John, but you started it. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Danny, what about you? Yeah, what about you, Danny? How did you make your start? Well, uh, I was born actually into the computer environment already because my father was actually inventing one of the first computers in Czech Republic. Really? So he was like engineer on it. And I'm stories about uh, Eastern Europe during 
you know, prior to the you know, 1989. And well, that was quite a big problem because uh, I did start it very young, uh, let's say in second class of basic school, which is like, I don't know, eight or something like that, eight right. years old or something. Okay. And uh, my father was actually, as I said, working in developing, like 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 developer in in uh, in a huge uh, house of, of of these scientists and all that, which was paid by by uh, communists. Yeah, the, the the government because everything was on exactly. And so the problem to, was that uh, here wasn't any. Like tools which they which they could use for to develop such a machine and so stuff. So yeah, they couldn't import anything, could they? Exactly. Yeah. And these days we had uh, uh, like uh, in our family immigrant who was actually in uh, in Switzerland at that moment. Right. And they migrated there at sixty eight when the Russia actually came invaded our country. Yeah. And there was like. One week when they open the border and say, "Okay, who wants to go? Go." So they went, <laughs> and my father later on in seventies or eighties, actually in eighties, eighty four or something like that. Oh, so about five years before it all. Okay, cool. Okay. He he actually brought for us and for the institute he was working in a ZX Spectrum Sinclair forty eight. Kilobytes memory. Yeah, yeah. That, that I, I, uh, I had one of those too. Uh, I am that old. I think the listeners know that. But and yeah, I have one because he brought one for us. Yeah. One for the kids of his actually co-worker and one for the government. They actually <laughs> put on him a problem with the police and all the all of these problems. Like they wanted to actually jail him because this because like he was like espionage, you know? Like yeah, yeah, spy. yeah. That's what they were like back then. So, so rather they would actually be appreciated that he brought actually for the government something that they can actually work on. They actually put on, on him like uh, like uh, threatened to imprison you know? him. That's just just shocking. <laughs> Which was just like what? <laughs> yeah, if you got if you want a hint of what that's like, you know, just think of North Korea. Then you're pretty much there, you know. But, so it was uh, yeah, repression was really big. Mm. So he had actually quite ruined life after that, which wasn't exactly what he expected. Oh. But he fought it with it and. Uh, I think he's doing quite well at this moment, but that was actually one of the first moments when I fell in love with the computers because synchronizetic spectrum was just like toy for the boy like me. Yeah, yeah. So. Manner from heaven, that really, wasn't it? I mean, playing, you know, uh, Manic Miner and all sorts of Exactly, and, and since then, I just... Was sold. I knew I will be programmer and I would do the stuff on a on a computer. And believe it or not, I never did it. <laughs> That's why actually this game is our first game, which right. not many people actually would like to believe, but it is. And that's why we actually chose that big portion as well, like a first piece, because we all got like long years background of 
like hobby and stuff what we have been developing like our small games and contributing somewhere and I coming actually from filming industry so I was actually studying in London animation in Escape Studios which is a very prestigious VFX house okay and uh, since then I was working on many movies like Scorpion King and some lots of shorts uh, animated shorts and lots of lots of uh, movies in Czech Republic so that's why I mean, that's probably a huge benefit for you because you actually understand the concept of lighting. Exactly. <laughs> lighting, camera, yeah. all the animation actually is going yeah. through my hands because yeah. you're also doing motion capture because okay. the movies, you know, we actually got the motion capture Vicon system in the house because we bought it for the movies and in Czech Republic there is not many movies shot at the moment okay so last few years it's going very very bad because here is lots of uh, expensive uh, stuff at the moment and and lots of expensive materials and productions moved farther to the to the east and we movie guys don't have many work to do so that was one of the impulses why I actually went for the gaming yeah, yeah, and you know, this using uh, crowdfunding is certainly a way to get into that and to to be independent and to forge your own path rather than uh, have to uh, acquiesce to the demands of a publisher to submit exactly. to the demands of the publisher. It's, uh, it's and also we would like to actually make game which not really would be interest in the publishers because. How we say we wanna do hardcore game. That means it's not exactly a tea of the cup of the publisher who's going for the mess for the yeah. lots of people. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very much for a well a niche market, but a strong one and one that's it's been growing quite a lot since the revival of Baldur's Gate, for example, as you mentioned earlier about re, you know rebuilding Baldur's Gate one and two. Uh, happened recently. They've done Icewind Dale as well, and it's on the iPad now. You can play those games on the iPad. It's quite extraordinary. Exactly. And, um, but everything uh, is going very simplified, and everything's going like into the uh, not in deep. So that means if you play it, then you can't get stuck because it's really made for like small children. <laughs> so what we would like to do is to to do the game for the. Uh, all guys like we are like, like yeah. when we started playing Manic Miner exactly yeah, how you actually yeah. uh, mentioned before so there was a yeah there was a time in the late 80s early 90s when these games like the Ultima series or Wizardry and stuff like that exactly. they were not crunchingly difficult <laughs> uh, brutally so but um, that's okay because uh, some people like a challenge, and you, you're 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 uh, parading that about this uh, in uh, um, Dungeons of Eldron. Um Well, so, we, we hope that would be the pitch, or that will be our 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 marketplace. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. We will see. The time will say. You know. Yeah. So, kind of leads me on to my next question. And what are your biggest influences? Do you think? It seems to me. 
it is a certain type of RPG, uh, sort of a hardcore. So I don't, I don't like using that phrase, but more of um, a purist ideal of a role playing game that is actually quite difficult and challenging and forces the player to think before they go ploughing in. Is that probably right to say? Well, this one is a bit paradox as well with me because uh, I started playing these uh, uh, RPG games, the board games, like was D&D and, and, and GURPS, quite late, in, in real late age, like maybe 25, maybe 30 or so. Okay, right. Because I, as I said, I... My uh, my background is from the computer side, so after the Sinclair, there came Amiga. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and my first RPGs was obviously like Eye of the Beholder and all of these. Oh, yeah, uh, Dungeon Master. Oh, uh, Dungeon Master, obviously, of course. So that was like ours and ours. Then, then they make the second part and Elvira and Waxworks and all of these old awesome dungeons, you know. Yeah, they these were. days nobody doing them. You know. Well, yeah, they they are now, but it's like I mean, Might and Magic Ten came out. Um, that was an interesting take on Might and Magic, where they actually went back to the roots of a Step, and it, you know this, that was a reasonably successful game from Ubisoft. And there's also Dungeons of Grimlock, isn't it? Uh, one and two. Um, they again hark back to that time, so. There is an interest in these difficult because that they you know the Grimlock games really hard, but you know they they bring up to date all the visuals and the but the core gameplay mechanics are still what they were back in the day. Uh, of, exactly, so, exactly. And that's what you're exploiting here. Uh, and so, what about you, John? Do you think that's true? Is that is that what you're being influenced by those those games of old? Well. Actually, uh, our main game designer was really inspired by Legends of Grimrock. He already told us so many times in interviews and so. Uh, and it was the last uh, step. The, the, the success of Legends of Grimrock was the, the last uh, step, uh, or the last thing that led him to make this game. Realizing that, hmm, they've done this. they successfully done it. Let's just do something on a similar vein. No, it's not a similar vein because uh, although there is a there's a party in Grimrock, um, it's not the same what you've got here. And I want to talk about that and your your party, which is uh, party players. I'm calling it. I'm sure it's got a more complex word than that. But controlling multiple characters at the same time is well, you know, it's not Skyrim. But then again, not every RPG needs to be Skyrim. I had to bring that <laughs> exactly. up. Because, sorry, but uh, I'm just like wondering: the people are actually comparing us with the Skyrim and with all these really big AA games. You know, we are indie. Yeah. We are no, small yeah. studios, and we're just trying to do a nice game. That's all. <laughs> the visuals, though, I'm telling you, the visuals are you know are incredible, uh, and that's what's led me to. Wow, those vast vistas! So you—that's the thing about the Skyrim and the and those games—is that those vast vistas that you can walk around seemingly endlessly um, is is uh, well, it's not endlessly quiet, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, what and who do you, you admire most in the industry at the moment? Who do you? Say you know they should carry on doing what they're doing, and uh, I, I, I doff my cap to them. 
while the best ones of the best is the blizzard. These yeah. guys, what they will take anything or what they will get pause on, they got like hit, you know, they best market users and best producers from the whole industry. And they also know when to quit. It's extraordinary to go, we spent six, seven billion dollars on something, worked on it for eight years. Yeah, no, we're not going to make it. We're not going to release it. It's not good enough. I'm like, what? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's just, it's not, it's just crap. What? We're not releasing that. It's crap. But, no, it's not good enough. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 Go away, we're Blizzard. We can do that. They're an extraordinary company that they can do that. And uh, for them to make a collectible card game uh, online and make it so, so good, it's astonishing. It's terrifying that, you know, every piece of code in that you can tell was polished and then polished again, probably deleted and put back in, then some more polish. Exactly. Uh, oh, God! <laughs> Maybe 20 times. Yeah, 20 times. Like, let it go. No, no, it's not good. There's no such thing as good enough. Uh, for them it's just you know almost perfect but uh, they want it gleaming before they let anyone have sight of it what about you John who do you admire well I would like like to say that I admire Blizzard too but I would say that on the other hand uh, they are quite a big company and Uh you know they are restricted by it so they have to produce this mass oriented game that's also, so they are quite opposite of what we are trying to, to achieve. So, any of your peers, then, do you think you know you're more direct, but not competitors, because there's no such thing as competitors. <laughs> yeah. Talking about, especially in the creative field, it never is. People think that you know, put you know, bands against bands. What are you doing? You know, they're creative people. Stop it. Sorry, um, sort of a bit of a rant there, but you know, who who do you admire, and you know, in the same sort of realm? Oof. <laughs> I mean, it's well, <laughs> frankly, I'm no great admirer of anyone. Uh, I just like to play the games like... Um, okay, uh, the last project that really caught my eye was Darkest Dungeon. Yes, we've had them on the show. Lovely Canadian people. I seem to remember. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God, how embarrassing. But no, uh, I think they might... Oh, I can't remember. But, yes, we have had them on the show. Darkest Dungeon, fabulous game. Just the, the concept of it I, having I just, stress. You know, uh, I, I just love uh, how simple the game is. Yeah. And at the same time, really fun to play. And, and it, the art style and the atmosphere of the whole game is just astonishing. To have Call of Cthulhu-like mechanic of insanity or stress, or to have your cleric lose their faith. <laughs> like, yeah. what? I can't do this anymore. We're going to die. What? Just do your job. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, it's just like, well, I've never had that in an RPG before. And that's, it's just, you know, that's the sort of thing that exists in the, in, in the indie, indie realm. That's what, it exists. That would never happen, I don't think. In the double A or triple A field, um, double A's is, is hard to <laughs> exactly, and that's uh, what we aiming for with our game. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, good good call on that. Yeah, Darkest Dungeon. They're not the first developer on the show that's uh, mentioned that game. So uh, yeah, thanks for that. So uh, my last question is my favourite question because it gives a bit of 
hint that you're not completely once you know the tunnel visioned about your games. You've already made a mention, but uh, what are you playing right now? What, what's entertaining you in between uh, looking at uh, the Kickstarter page? <laughs> well, you laughing, but yes, it is true that I'm doing that Do every that every night. I am playing uh, these hot heroes of the storm from the blizzard. Wow. <laughs> so, how, so how are you liking that? Because I've yet to start playing it. I, ha- I have got it installed in my machine. But well, what's, how is it different to Dota? Because I play Dota. I played both. And I don't really understand why actually these <laughs> days uh, blizzard actually let the Dota 2 make like that much advantage of them and they just let it say oh we don't want it and then they're they're coming actually with a very similar game yeah but I must say it's totally different game guys don't be mistaken Uh, the system what they actually put in and how they actually built the game making the game completely different cool so compared to Dota there is no actually much comparison because both games are using completely different style and stuff and mechanics. But it's a MOBA. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's still push mid. No, I'm not doing it. No, we're good. No, no. Come on. No, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm going over to the north. No, that. Well, that's the difference if you play, play pre-mates or if you play just like uh, casual players to put together in one team. So, amount of times everyone's on top. What, what are you doing? Where are you going over there? Because I don't want to do mid. It's just too hard. <laughs> 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 Every time. I'm not going down there. It's too hard. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, so you must shout. You must shout on each other on Teamspeak. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, okay. What about you, Danny? Were you, were you playing? Um, you, you, you mean John? That was Danny. John. Sorry, my... Johnston. Johnston. Yeah. Well, uh, lately I didn't get to play much, but uh, right now I'm experimenting with. Uh, digital board games uh, like The Witcher adventure game or is it any good Alice- is it any good <laughs> come on out with it um, <laughs> you know it's not my, my uh, fantasy might screw up again triple A A A I think that the whole idea, the, the whole idea behind the game was flawed uh, already at the beginning, and they just they tried, they tried really hard. I, I can see that, but just uh, it's not so, it's not fun. They didn't uh, catch really. that momentum. Yeah, I, can, um, I actually try these board games uh, because I, even though I'm Czech doctor, I work in Germany, and uh, they like that's their board the. Games. That <laughs> really, uh, really like their board games. Yep, and uh, it's also the only chance to uh, play with my friends back in Czech Republic and Germany in Germany at the same time. And uh, you know, you don't have to concentrate all the time uh, on the game, so you can uh, talk uh, in between about your boss and your job and your wives and such. 
Cool. And uh, uh, if I should, if I would have to uh, mention a single player game, I'm going to pick up uh, probably uh, today the Players of Eternity because I'm yeah. really excited about this game. Yeah, I backed that, so I'm going to be playing that after. Well, come won't be with us, I'll be doing. That. But yeah, I will be playing that hopefully a little bit today um, after we record this show. Because yeah, wow, Players of Eternity. There's there's a game, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I heard you mentioned also Talisman, the ball game as well. I've tried that recently. I I I know I prefer Relic. Don't know why. Um, do you know Relic? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I actually slightly prefer that. I don't know. I've always liked the Forty Thousand Universe. It just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the mere concept that someone has tried to think of what the universe would be like forty thousand years from now probably got it completely wrong, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> it is just absurd. It's a twelve-year-old's dream, but it is quite funny. Yes, so. the problem of Talisman is probably it's too random. Too random, too random. I mean, I like random to a point, but not that much. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, that's great. Okay, I do play a lot of board games myself. Um, real regular board game. I remember a board game group here in London, uh, biggest in the world. Um, and yeah, yeah, five thousand members plus. Uh, and yeah we hold events every day I don't go to ones every day but we do hold events every day do you uh, have any leaderboard or something like that like, we have uh, competitions like we will play okay. Agricola, Formula D uh, Formula D ones are really we have 10 players around a board pushing little cars around it's the funniest thing ever oh my god my car's <laughs> exploded told you we're playing in teams teams of two <laughs> like you know, you take you're overtaking or you're you're cutting up your opponent, your your partner's car. What are you doing? Well, I need to. Duh! <laughs> so it's all like full F1 rules about points, and this is fantastic. But uh, yeah, Formula D, thumbs up. If you've got a good crowd of people who understand the game and the risk reward concept of that game, fantastic. But anyway, it's not about me. Yeah, this this show um, is it Aeldorn or Aladorn? Just want to make sure I got this right. Aladorn. Um, it's Aladorn. Yeah, I'm just being very British and thinking Ale. You know. Can I have Chris question on you for a change? Go on, ask away. How many games have you played on Oculus Rift? Well, that figure ranges between zero and none. <laughs> 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 and there's a reason for that. Would you like to hear it? It's a well, dark one. It's a dark one. And one of the is a doctor, so they should understand why. <laughs> the reason... Okay. The reason being... We don't get to that reason in a moment. Go on, go on. Because okay. I am speaking about that because we are actually preparing module for it and we actually will have Dungeons of Aladon in Oculus Rift. Really? Yes. Yep. Wow. How is that going to work on the 2D combat, the 3D combat? Exactly. That was our question as well. (laughs) Our question was also how it will work at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can understand moving through the world. That's cool. But the combat? Huh. Well, we actually found that quite uh, amusing and challenging. (laughs) I bet you did. And uh, we found that actually Unity natively cooperates with uh, these devices. There is like plugins for it and stuff. So that wasn't that big deal. That was fine. But what we actually found out was a huge problem was to actually make working these 
GUI in there, the graphical interface, the, the, yeah, the user right. interface. Yeah. Problem was that if you actually in Oculus Rift going through some 3D space, you are yeah. really in 3D space. You that are. means your hands must actually like touch something if they wanna actually activate and click like mouse button, for example, to change fight or some mm-hmm. some um, spell or some different kind of action they wanna choose. And that was a basic basic problem because when you walked through the Oculus Rift uh, in the Oculus Rift through our through our world then uh, you actually quite often need to go in inventory or go like uh, to activate something and that was a problem the menu actually to make in 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 the PD space to accessible very quickly and stuff was quite a challenge but on the end we managed so uh, when it switched in a, in a per, uh, perspective in this pseudo 3D or isometric or how we call it, uh-huh. yeah, isometric, yes, yeah, so, yeah. yes. Uh, then you've got like a GUI kind of table that means a graphical user interface table front of you, and you watching it like a third person through the Oculus Rift, and it worked beautifully, man. Okay, well, I'm sold. If so, I, yeah, go on. So you can walk in 3D like uh-huh. the usual Oculus Rift simulation, and yep. then it's then it uh, switches in like one second or two, straight in the battle. So you are not having any flashes or any stuff like it's immediately. It's like two or three seconds slowly m- moving into the isometric, and you you can nicely play in Oculus Rift. Ooh. So and there's also not so much movement involved in the game uh, at certain uh, parts. Uh, so that's also the plus because then you don't have to throw up so much. <laughs> 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 Lovely. Thanks, to Doctor. There, um, the, the Which is taking us to the problem and tell us why you couldn't play it because some problems like that? No. No, it's far more dark than that. Far more simple than that. The only time I've seen Oculus Rift is at expos and stuff like that. Problem is, <laughs> lots of people are putting those goggles on. <laughs> lots and lots of people. So um, what happens all is... All right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> they go? go to the toilet, don't wash their hands, then they use the Oculus Rift, and then the there's rather nasty germs, as John would know, uh, oh. on their hands and then it goes onto the rift and then you Mr. Clean Person picks up these things puts the goggles on and then you get pink eye so you know basically oh, oh. eye infection so mm-hmm. because of the you know the fecal matter on people's hands they get on so yeah that's why every time I go to an expo and I got Oculus Rift I got all these people queuing up going idiots <laughs> 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 Don't do it! You'll get pink eyes! So, and I wish I was, I wish I was like being stupid and paranoia and like, Chris, don't worry. Because I've seen it happen. I saw it at PAX a few years back when Doctor Swift first came into being and it was really popular and it pink eyed spread around because people aren't very hygienic, you know, and they just don't wash their hands. Um, so, yeah. Sorry about that, but hopefully that will not happen. Get <laughs> one of them for yourself. That's the point, isn't it? I do need to get one, but I'm waiting for 
it to really be released. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. it's like dev kits of dev, dev, dev kit. And like, that's great, but I really want one to be released. And I, I'm sure Facebook, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> or Killer Shrift do too. <laughs> um, still can't figure out why they bought them, but they did, and there it is. I think they um, should uh, write it in ma- in the manual. Uh, using the Oculus Rift can cause a pink eye. Can can cause pink eye if you don't wash your hands, you foul human being. You know. <laughs> exactly. Wash your hands before putting these things. Do it now. But no, go. What are you, my mother? Yes, go. <laughs> so no, it's just, it's genuinely a fear of mine of like getting infected like that. And I've had developers at shows and they look at me and they're like, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I know. Sucks to be me. <laughs> so, let us um, move on to the second half of the show, where we can really plow into the depths of uh, Dungeons of Anadorn. Gentlemen, Danny and John, please tell us about this game. I know you've already given lots of details, but just give give me the pitch, the, the full 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 whack. What can you tell us about this game? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a stride one. It is, yeah. Yep. If you get, you've got two minutes, sort of thing. You're in, you're in a lift, and you've encountered. Uh, someone in there who has an interest in RPGs. What can you? Right. What can you tell them? I definitely will pitch up that it's actually made for hardcore players, which doesn't mean that it's not only casual players as well, because we obviously will have there some like uh, options of difficulties. But mainly, it's done for hardcore players, and that means that it will have enormous and enormous uh, count of uh, mechanics that you can use when you actually fighting during during the battle what is actually making us unique is a first person exploring mode where we're actually going through through our world which is not totally completely open one and it's uh, on purpose because I used to play Skyrim once we actually have been uh, here mentioned already. Yes, we have, yep. And uh, after a while I got really bored to going on my horse through the half of the map just because I have to, you know. And that was like this open world a little bit later starts boring because you have your movement is takes so long to get on the other side of the map. Okay. So we decided to actually have it very similar like in Baldur's Gate or Fallout where you're actually clicking on some certain locations on the map and there, for example, you can be interrupted on the way with some ambush or some bandits or whatever. So we actually made a little bit different uh, different traveling than, than, than in this Skyrim because how I said, it's after a while get really boring when it's too big. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 
yeah, the way they work is that, oh, look, there's a cave down there. That's nice. Do you want to go in? No, not really. Oh, go on. No. So we, so we actually <laughs> using uh, using this exploring mode in 3D. So you are first person look. So you going around and and exploring the world, talking to the NPCs. You can mm-hmm. actually go through all these battles and everything, or, or any 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 crates or everything what you can see, to to find out if there is some some treasures or whatever, and. Uh, then once anything will happen, then you can't solve actually by, for example, some dialogue with these people, and there is like coming a fight on a on a scene. Then it will switches straight from the uh, uh, situation which has happened. That means everything is uh, 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 like the all props, and everything is actually now turned in in battlefield. And you can use all of these props to to win your game. So you can make barriers, you can actually set it in fire, you can actually use it, for example, like weapons or whatever. Okay. And that's what's making us quite unique, because in every single of these hexagonal tactic turn game-based based games, uh, you are actually uh, quite restricted with only what the programmer actually put in. We're trying to actually not have a predefined battlefield. So that means if you actually move some stuff in first-person look and prepare a battlefield and then am- ambush them on some place where actually you prepared uh, for your advantage, then you can. Okay. Right. I think that's the setting. What, what's the what's the basic premise of the story? Can you tell us a bit about what's the? Can you give us a little bit of background, a little bit of flavour of uh, the setting of the game? Well, it's uh, somebody would say a, a classical cliche, mm. where the uh, orc horde actually is going to take over the human world. Okay, because we love Tolkien, and he has been inspired quite a lot of his world. Which was D&D as well, I guess. Uh, Or what was actually like... First, I never knew because we got these discussions all the time. If if you're talking actually was before D&D and D&D was after talking and what's actually... Who was inspired by who. Mm. And we actually never actually sort this question out. So if you know, I would I would be I would be glad if you if you know some solutions so I can tell here. I'm fairly certain D and D came much after Tolkien. So I thought so as well. Yeah. So uh, so so I thought that they, they have been inspired by him as well, pretty much. And yeah. uh, so as we do. So uh, this is actually about the Aledorn world, which is actually on uh, islands of Aledorn. Right. It's like five islands. Okay. And uh, you, like a player, will will be thrown right in the middle of this war between orcs and humans. And you, like, uh, let's say, uh, Aledorn, Aledorn's count, stepson... So you will have to save the the kingdom and the empire and and, and the world, you know. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you will put together your party, group of adventurers, and yeah. then try to stop this war. So let's see if if that will happen. Okay. Well, you mentioned the party there. 
Um, I just want to ask about that. So party control or multiple player character control is definitely harking back to old RPGs. Now, I'm not including um, games like um, Mass Effect and, of course, um, oh, Dragon Age. Uh, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's a different beast. They're a, a unique type which was invented by Bioware. Mm-hmm. It's great. But you're sort of creating something. It's very similar to Dungeon Master or, um, uh, and, of course, Might and Magic. So well, in that, in some regard, why? Why do you think this mode of play is returning and why have you adopted it? Well, uh, I always hate these uh, strategy games where you must be as fast as you can and it depends how much, how quick you actually press your keyboard and that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. I like chess games as well. Yeah. And that's why we actually adopt this uh, uh, like uh, system from Fallout, these turn-based tactics. Oh, right. Okay, well, I was going to talk about turn-based combat, but let's talk about that now, because I'm really talk- talking about the fact that you are represented as one person. You are this overseeing entity that looks after all of the characters. Well, uh, kinda, not exactly, because you right. will have a small interface where you can actually put uh, your party, how do you think that they should meet up the uh, opposite uh, enemy or anyone uh-huh. or NPC. So that means you right. will have kinda map where you will strictly say these guys will go first and these guys going behind them. Yeah, I was thinking more on a... A different level. Um, so it when, will when you're exploring will, the world. It will influence actually yeah. the place where you will put them into influence. Who will, for example, get first hit by the fireball? You know? Right. So it's like the Banner Saga in that regard, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, which I loved. I adored the Banner Saga. It was one of the best games I've played in a long time. So, let's talk about a con- there's a turn-back combat system, which you've adopted, and you've already said why. You don't like the reactive play? I like that. Sounds a good idea. I'm not saying I don't like it. I enjoy it quite well. Otherwise, I will not play these hots. You know, these yeah. heroes of the storm. You know, that's true. That's true. But, MOBAs uh, are, are built around fast reactions. But I also, how I say, it, like chess play and stuff, and especially a game like uh, uh, we trying to do, where we actually trying to make based it actually on this turn-based uh, tactics battle, right. uh, it's deserved that. Because uh, most of these games actually using uh, squares, and, and if you want to do some diagonal 60 degrees or something, you really can't, because in that moment it will say you can't see your enemy, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> and there is many, many like small of these bucks we would say in the games these days which yeah. we would like to not really have in our game and that's why we call it it's hardcore and it's made game by gamers for gamers and uh, hopefully it will it will be like uh, appreciated so so it's hex based isn't it which is uh Definitely. We yeah, hate squares. We yeah. hate squares. <laughs> see why. Well, it works for chess, but not so much for... Uh, exactly. It works for chess, but chess. not for Dungeons of Aladon. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it works for, for example, Chaos Reborn. That's a lovely game too. 
Um, so yeah, I, 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 I approve. I endorse this. So I want to talk about how you explore the world. And um, is there going to be random encounters, or is everything going to be a series of trigger points? I mean, as you travel from one place to another, is there going to be an uh, opportunity to actually have a random encounter? I'm not talking about like JRPGs, which there's nothing wrong with those, I think. But are you going to have something similar for... Indefinitely, I already mentioned it, for example, with that traveling, when we will go from one place to another. So we we definitely plan that. So it's going to be ambushes and that sort of thing. Definitely, we'll be ambushed all the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Uh, Yes, we we plan some of those events. And we also plan that uh, uh, dependent on how you will actually react on some certain side quests. Uh, you will slightly, slightly change your your main line. Okay. So uh, also there will be like lots of these uh, uh, random events where someone will knock on your uh, your your uh, shoulder and and ask you for something. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to talk about the party a bit and also the, the how you manage them. Um, but also because I was reading reading in the web page for Kickstarter that you have um, quite a detailed sort of way of uh, managing their how they rest, how they meditate for their spells and make potions and things. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, John, maybe did yeah. you? Do you want to yeah. take that or shall I? Yeah. Yeah, I? yeah, I could tell something about it. Uh, the first thing uh, what, that I think that's uh, really innovative or maybe uh, original for our game is, is the possibility to split the party. <gasps> so, yeah. <laughs> yes. No! Go on. What? Why? Is, is that no, wrong? No, or no, it's, no, I mean, it's, it's a... It's an old uh, when you pen and paper. I know. Don't split the party. Yeah, don't split the party. It's a hardcore RPG, man. Come on. (laughs) It's it's hardcore. Uh, Actually, some quests will demand it from you. Wow. So you have to split the party. That's the hardcore part of our game. Wow. Speaking away in protest, but okay, goes against everything (laughs) I've been taught. You know, man, I've been I've been as a DM, and the, the players start hinting at doing things like no, no. I'm not doing it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you're going to do it. Because... I'm going to have to do it in this game, yeah, clearly. <laughs> so tell us, what, what's, what's the deal with that? Because I read something about you know the camp, um, the camp area. It's very important, camp. the camping uh, aspect. The of, camp. Yeah. Okay, uh, the camping aspect is... So, so you'll travel a lot because we have these fixed locations that, uh, and in between there's actually nothing, but, uh, you, you can still encounter someone mm-hmm. and still there's a time, as of day and night, uh, changes. And well, you're, you're a bunch of heroes, but still you have to rest sometime. Yeah. And sometimes you have to replenish your food, uh, reserves or to find some uh, drinkable water for around and, at that time, you have you, you can uh, build up a camp, and then you have uh, various options uh, to choose from. Uh, so probably someone should always be on guard because yeah, there are ambushes and there there are a lot of them. Uh, also, uh, 
there are there's an alchemist class in our game. This this uh, specific class uh, you will usually go for uh, for a walk around and gather some herbs, and uh, then later on we'll make some potions or explosives from them. Uh, the wizards have to uh, meditate to regenerate mana and and such. Uh, so yeah, there's a, a lot of stuff you, you can do. Uh, a lot of stuff you have to do. Uh, your heroes have to rest uh, sometime. Uh, yeah, from time to time also. So otherwise, yeah. it would turn into darkest dungeon. <laughs> let's say let's say after that you will get debuffed so that's me you yeah. get some, some some minuses and stuff which, and why like is, a player wouldn't yeah. you actually like uh, make the advantage of some pluses you know if yeah. you otherwise trying to actually rise it up by another buff which is mm. like kind of make stupid in it so yeah. go and rest like the normal people do you know yeah <laughs> you're heroes but not you know superheroes you haven't got capes although capes are bad so i have to say um is there any interaction between the players in the party is there any character you know our characters do they have any dynamic between them or well about this we had a big and long discussion with the game designer and hmm. uh, on the end we actually agreed that in this type of the game it's not exactly not really possible, but uh, it's not exactly the, the the mechanics which we would implement, and I'll explain why. Go on. It's, I, uh, I agree, but you carry the, on. Yeah. The, 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 the basic of it is that you actually create your whole party, so you will create each single uh, a member of, of your party. And in that moment, if there you will have some interactions between some some, uh, uh, for example, dwarf and elf, uh, it's quite like losing anything because you don't need to actually choose that you will have party with the elf and dwarf. You can have like all elves, for example. So we are actually leaving the the completely freedom in making your party because we want to have it for the hardcore players, which they like to actually make their own stuff how they wanted it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, well, sorry, no, we don't implement that thing in. No, this is something that I've heard people ask. Like, is there any interaction? I, I don't know. I'll find out. So, uh, there it is. But I can see why. Because the dynamic of the game, the setup of the game, doesn't really lend itself to that type of thing. Um, and that's that's great. That's fine. We are sorry, guys. We are no dungeons of dragon, <laughs> uh, uh, dragon's origins, so no romance and no having sex with your uh, party members. And no, yeah. <laughs> we really that's try to. You know, we have this uh, motion capture studio, so we thought about it. <laughs> and really interesting, but uh, yeah. no. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it, not me. So. The game will, is out, well, not out, but it will be coming out, hopefully, cross fingers, all things being well, on Windows, PC, Mac, and Linux. So that's what I can see from your, your webpage. You're, that's what you're aiming for, is that right? Uh, sorry, what was the exact question? Just the format of the, of the game it's coming, what the formats are coming out on. So it's uh, uh, formats, oh, you mean format like what... Uh... 
what uh, system platforms. it will work. Yeah, what platforms. platforms, yeah. What platforms, platforms yes. Yeah. Uh, indefinitely yes. PC, yeah. indefinitely Mac, and yeah. uh, recently tested even Linux. So yeah. all three of them will be available. That's, that's fantastic. So, uh, and you can grab the, uh, the demo from the Kickstarter page, which will link to the notes to this show. Um, Danny, John, you've been fantastic guests. Thank you very, very much. Uh, for for coming on the show. In fact, yeah, some few more backers have appeared on the on the on the uh, Kickstarter page as we've been recording. So yay, go you! Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I see that. The more the merrier. Uh, well, yeah. uh, thank so, you very much, Chris, for having us here and helping us this way. Oh, it's been really good having you on. I'd love to have you back on when we've got any new ventures in the future, no doubt. In the fact, we will have them uh, very soon in uh, this weekend, in three days or something, probably yeah. once you will have this show on, we will release a new new version of the demo, which, <laughs> which will be extended and bigger and, and nicer. And Fantastic. But everyone listening, so do, do check it out. Have a, have a look. Watch the video. Play the demo. It's fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's really innovative uh, in some aspects, and also harks back to an older, simpler time of RPGs, which is no bad thing because it's sometimes been missed. So, uh, John and Danny, thank you very much to you both. Thank you very much, and see you soon, guys. Thank you for having us. It was a great time. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye